Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. My guest today is Carolyn Campbell, Executive Director of the Coalition for Sonoran Desert Protection. Thank you. Hello, Amanda. I'm really happy to be here. You have such a long history working in environmental issues here in Tucson, personally and with the coalition. How did the coalition get started? Well, interestingly, uh, there are a lot of environmental groups in Tucson, you know, some with national connections like Center for Biological Diversity, Defenders of Wildlife, Audubon Society, and a lot of very local environmental groups, too. You know, there's the Arizona Native Plant Society. We all got together in 1997 to talk about issues that we had in common. And, you know, we didn't want to step on each other's toes and everybody, but try to work together, too, on some of the important issues. Well, at that time, the pygmy owl got listed, and the pygmy owl got listed as an endangered species. And there it was. The most nests were found up there in the side of town that we were trying to push growth to. We, meaning, you know, the powers that be, were pushing growth to the northwest side of town. And so there was a really big conflict with that little bird that was now endangered and also where the bulldozers were going next. So we all got together, uh, formed the Coalition for Sonoran Desert Protection, and worked to get our local jurisdictions, the county, the cities, the towns, to adopt growth plans that would move growth in a different direction. And it wasn't just about the owl. It was just about getting those agencies and those the county in particular to care about habitat and care about trying to avoid the species decline that's happening. I mean, growth is a big deal in the Southwest. So that's how we got started. And it's been quite a journey ever since because we were able to get, in particular, the Board of Supervisors to say, yes, we do care about this. We're going to do something differently. So what the Sonoran Desert Conservation Plan does, it was born in 1999. And it's really a land use plan. How are we going to grow? It's where the uh, habitat protection intersects with urban growth planning. So that's what we've been doing for the last 21 years. And it's been a really incredible ride because we've had a lot of successes. We've kind of changed the culture over there from grow, 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 grow to uh, let's look carefully at the impacts that we're having on the environment and wildlife and plants in particular and do things differently. From there, we've gotten involved. You know, land use and growth is a big issue. I mean, there's so many tentacles. So part of what we've worked on, we work with developers and agencies to come up with a way we can preserve land when it does get developed. We've worked with the voters to get a open space funding through you know tax dollars. And we get about $175 million back in 2004 that the voters supported really strongly that's all gone now. That was a long time ago. But some important lands were bought and protected with that money. You know, these lands are too biologically important to allow development at all. You've got to buy them. Um, and then one of the other tentacles that's been really interesting, and I never thought that the coalition was going to be going in this direction, is transportation. You know, we started working on wildlife connectivity because the county was buying lands. We have these precious uh, national parks and um, forest lands, and trying to make sure that they were connected. So wildlife, they like to move between these areas. One of the first 
big successes we had in 2000 was getting the president to designate a new national monument here in the Tucson area, Ironwood Forest National Monument. Big win. And then as more and more lands got protected, we started working on how are we going to keep animals moving through these large preserves. And that's what brought us to transportation, working on uh, getting wildlife over and under the roads. So we got quite a bit of money, $45 million in the regional transportation plan to build wildlife crossing structures like overpasses, underpasses, and fencing to funnel the wildlife. And those have gone in all over Pima County. Probably the most visible ones because they're the most urban and, and biggest. There's a big wildlife bridge over Oracle Road up you know, close to Rancho Bastoso and an underpass very close by. Game and Fish has seen on their videos just as soon as that bridge was open, just herds of deer families. Of, and we got desert tortoise, Cotamundi, Javelina. We've seen a bighorn sheep that you know, they had put back in the Catalina Mountains. We saw one of those very close to the underpass. Uh, mountain lions right in the area. So that has taken, again, you know, a, a little turn towards working on roads more than I ever thought we would be doing, environmentally sensitive road building. And right now, our big campaign is to stop a new freeway that somehow nobody's heard of. I mean, there's a little bit of press now, but Arizona Department of Transportation and the federal highways have actually picked a route for a brand new freeway, which is within 1,300 feet of Saguaro National Park West, where there's wilderness. It's within 400 feet of many, in many different places, of Ironwood Forest National Monument. It goes diagonally across a big chunk of land that the Bureau of Reclamation bought and set aside because of the impacts of the CAP Canal, you know, because that severed wildlife connectivity. And, of course, taking out quite a few people's homes in the process, but it's right next to Tohono Optum. It's a couple miles from the Desert Museum. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So, you know, it's been great. In the past 21 years, we've worked on positive projects like the Sonoran Desert Conservation Plan and protecting habitat and connecting habitat. You know, once in a while, there are some really awful projects that come your way that you have to fight. An obvious big one is Rosemont Mine. And now this brand new interstate freeway that they're talking about putting out right next to Saguaro National Park. So those are some of the things. And I will just say the last thing that's been really exciting for me that we're working on is we've started working with the Catalina Foothills School District. Fourth graders are learning about wildlife, learning about their habitats and where they roam. And it's called Critter Cam. And that project, because of the leadership of administrator and a teacher over there, it's like a, a district-wide curriculum now. So these kids are getting really excited about this, and it's part of a part of their school, and we hope to take that to other school districts around Pima County as well. So that's, a, that's my nutshell of what we're working on. <laughs> You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager, and my guest today is Carolyn Campbell, Executive Director of the Coalition for Sonoran Desert Protection. The process of the Sonoran Desert Conservation Plan is also very interesting. You know, I mentioned that the coalition formed with a few dozen environmental conservation community groups that wanted to work together on changing the patterns of growth in this community. And our 
big focus was on species that were in trouble. And when we convinced the county, and in particular there was leadership from now Congressman Grijalva when he was on the Board of Supervisors and Supervisor Bronson, now Supervisor Elias, but the whole board was in favor of it. You know, there were there were Republicans and Democrats that were really proud of the Sonoran Desert Conservation Plan process. They put together 85 people that they called stakeholders. You know, we're talking about the home builders, the ranchers, the developers, the realtors, you know, private property rights people, conservation groups, neighborhood groups. And we sat together in a room for four years to try to come up with some kind of a consensus on how we work on this endangered species and growth plan. And for three and a half years, we all just fought, you know, I mean, really yelled, spit, you know, whatever at each other. Not too much cursing, but some of that too. And and then the last six months, it's like, you guys, if we want to, like, put this together for the county, I mean, we need to do it or they'll do it for us and none of us will be happy. And so kind of worked out some compromises here and there. No big compromises that would, you know, hurt our goals. And their goals were just to make money. You know, I mean, and, you know, the realtors sell the desert when you know, that's the draw here. So we came up with a consensus and... Um, gave it to the Board of Supervisors, and that has kind of run the future land use and the growth planning in Pima County since, and it's been a fun ride. Would you say that it's a model for other areas? Is it something that happens in every community where you have all the stakeholders get together and preserve the natural resources? Oh, this is a model like you wouldn't believe. They have won so many awards the coalition has, but the county in particular is, you know, from regional planning groups, from large, you know, national conservation groups. I think there was even a couple of international awards, but, you know, we've gone out and talked about this process because other communities are struggling with this. As growth is happening everywhere, you know, we're bumping up against some pretty pristine areas with, at the way that especially the cities are growing. So, yes, it has been a model. People haven't dealt with this well in the past. And, you know, uh, one of our national groups, Defenders of Wildlife, early on had warned us about the stakeholder involvement group because it's usually like five people. They're all the regulated communities, the people I was telling you about, the home builders and the, you know, here in the Southwest, of course, it's building, not, you know, timber cutting or whatever. But but those people, and they usually had a token environmental person on board. You know, and this is dealing with the Endangered Species Act and trying to save these species from disappearing. So that was the coalition's goal. We wanted to be involved in a big way because this is about nature. This is about the environment. This is about survival. And this was before all the, you know, big spotlight on climate change. You know, this is 20 years ago. And we were in a drought, sure, and that is a big part of the conversation, but now we're having to deal with, you know, things are changing so fast, how are we going to adapt, and what, what more can we do? So, uh, yes, it was definitely a model, and it still is, and we hope that we can continue to get out there in the a larger region and around the country to tell people this is possible. You know, I mean, I, I talk about growth planning and having our elected officials care about species survival and care about riparian areas, healthy riparian areas and healthy habitat. But, you know, I don't think it would have happened here 
if it weren't for that threat, the hammer of the Endangered Species Act, that they were going to get some penalties when they were out, you know, bulldozing cactus and having the, the cactus ferruginous pygmy owl go extinct. So that's what got their attention. You know, I talk to other communities and say, I don't want to wish an endangered species problem on anybody, you know, but that's sometimes a strong motivator because there weren't going to be a penalties for the citizens of the community except for an unhealthy community. But for county governments that are giving out building permits, they've got stiff penalties under that. So that was, that was how we started, but we were able to really get these officials in particularly in the county, but other jurisdictions too. The Sonoran Desert Conservation Plan is just a project of the county, but other local jurisdictions, as they're annexing some of the county lands into their cities and towns, are having to deal with this too. So they're learning lessons and doing things differently, which is good. Maybe not as fast as I'd like, but, but they are. So I would like to see this kind of model go further. And it, you know, a lot of times, of course, it depends on the people you have at the table. You know, we had to select from that 85-member committee the few people that we knew that were in it to try to do something better, you know, and we were all responsible to go back to our constituencies, if you will, and try to convince them that this is the way to go. We're done with just yelling at each other and trying to be heard, you know, I want you to hear my, you know, what drives my business or why I care about this. So it's a good model, and I hope it gets adopted other places. My guest today is Carolyn Campbell, Executive Director of the Coalition for Sonoran Desert Protection. So with this great history and all this great impact, uh, now one of the, the big issues that you're working on is the proposed Interstate 11 freeway. It's been envisioned. There's been lots of state studies and federal studies. There's definitely the goal of connecting Phoenix to Las Vegas very actively. And maybe now the spotlight is here a little bit more on the Nogales to Wickenburg part of it. Right. You know, that that whole process goes all the way back to NAFTA in the early 90s about trying to you know, get freight and goods moving between Mexico through the U.S. into Canada. And that kind of got quiet for a while, and for some reason it's kind of back uh, on the front burner. The Arizona Department of Transportation and the Federal Highways Administration got a whole bunch of money for the planning process, and there's no money to build it yet, but that'll come if they keep going on their process. So, yeah, they're one of the routes, and let I'm just going to assume that there really is a need for this, which we're not totally convinced there is a need to do anything. But um, stakeholders from both out uh, in the rural areas that would have a freeway and downtown neighborhoods and businesses uh, got together, were asked to get together by ADOT and Federal Highways as stakeholders to talk about, you know, what would we like to see. And the majority came up with, if you're going to do anything We've already got a north-south freeway. We got two of them. We got one from Nogales to Tucson. I-19. Yes. And then we've got I-10 up to Phoenix. Do I want to see that twice as wide? No, but this is a 21st century, and there's technological advances that have made places, communities like Tucson, better when an infrastructure like this comes in. 
And what I mean by that is in Phoenix, for example, I don't hate to use Phoenix as an example, but the one piece of I-10 that goes down under downtown, they have a park on top of the freeway. And what we envisioned and we proposed to the agencies is to have, let's say from 22nd Street to Prince, have a depressed freeway or and or I should say a suspended freeway where you're not widening, you're not taking out homes and you're not like getting closer to the Santa Cruz River, but you are kind of undoing some of the sins of the past when I-10 went in and just separated barrios, separated neighborhoods, you know, as a big basically wall between, you know, right in the middle of Tucson separates the west side from downtown and the east side. You know, looking at some, again, I'm not a transportation engineer, but there's a lot of smart ones out there that know about different kind of technologies for capacity and making things, you know, modern, modernizing some of our infrastructure uh, routes. And that would be the preferred alternative. And I, there was a public meeting in Tucson uh, recently that they took comments and there were people lined up all day long to speak and they spoke about some of these things. You know, I think that the agencies were really surprised that people downtown are saying, you know, let's do something to I-10 and I-19 instead of spoiling our desert. I think they thought that the people that were out in the desert don't want a freeway and they figured the people downtown don't want any expansion of I-10. That didn't happen, you know, so they can either not build anything or, at all or they can do some really creative, cool stuff on uh, I-10 here through the city. And that's been talked about before. They've dismissed it as like costing too much. But when you look at the cost that they have, it costs a heck of a lot more to build a brand new freeway through, you know, virgin land. West of the Tucson mountains. Yes. Uh, through Avra Valley or even yes. further west? No, it's through, well, Altar Valley and Avra Valley because the proposal that they have, which is kind of crazy, is to veer off from I-19 down around Saurita and then go straight west and then curve north, so going across Ajo uh, Road out by Sandario and then kind of like snaking through uh, missing Saguaro National Park, the Tohono O'odham lands, Saguaro, Tucson, Ironwood Forest. So they're coming within spitting distance of all those lands, but they're like, you know, like I said, snaking through it so that they don't go through it and have to, you know, answer to the Park Service, who is like pretty, they're, they're not happy about the impacts that it's going to have because it's right next to Saguaro Park. You know, it's not going through it so they don't have to mitigate. They can just say it's not a big deal. That's not what the Park Service says. And that's certainly not what the visitors, you know, the, pe the people out at Desert Museum say, too. I mean, and all the work I mentioned that we've worked on wildlife connectivity. You know, if you've got a national park and a county park, a national monument that's protected, there's going to be a lot of wildlife out there. And they don't stay in the boundaries. They move back and forth. You know, matter of fact, they have to. And some animals have to roam a lot farther, like mountain lions. You know, they've got hundreds of miles of a range. So they move around. And you've got a linear 400-foot-wide interstate with lights and trucks. and We're done. I mean, nobody's going to go across those, you know. So... Um, you can build wildlife crossings, sure, but they'd have to have a, quite a few of them because this road is going all the way through Pima County. That's a lot of miles. So we're fighting that. We're fighting that. We're just, I'm kind of flabbergasted that anybody would be talking about a brand new interstate 
in this day and age that's a few miles west of another interstate that's basically doing the same exact thing. So probably the easiest way for people to find out more information about this, and we hope people do and we hope people make comments, is through our website. Coalition for Sonoran Desert website is www.sonorandesert.org, and we have all the links to the public process, how you can make comments on this, because it's in a public comment period right now until July 8th. We also have talking points on some of the things I, I talked about today. And, you know, people have their own ideas, and we encourage people to either submit comments online. There's a little button there, you know, and then, and then you can send hard copy letters in. I think you can even call in and leave a voicemail message. So we want all people to comment. The coalition is also hosting two letter-writing workshops. So, you know, if you're like me and it's not on the top of your list, you plan on writing and then you never get around to it. <laughs> so, or they just, you know, might not feel that confident about what exactly they want to say. So on May uh, 16th, we're having a letter-writing workshop at Martha Cooper Library in Midtown. And we hope people will come and uh sit down with us and either, you know, we've got, hopefully we'll have some laptops there or people can handwrite letters or, and we are there to answer questions and give them more information. We're also having one on uh, May 21st at the Picture Rocks Community Center from 6 to 7.30. And so we'd encourage people to come. And then there are also, like I said, multiple ways to comment on this. We need comments now because we'd really like this proposal to not get one step further in this long federal process. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson, and our guest today is Carolyn Campbell, Executive Director of the Coalition for Sonoran Desert Protection. What else is on your radar? Well, of course, Rosemont Mine is always on the radar to just about anybody that's paying attention. You know, it's another project that the community at large is against, and there's some pretty good reasons for that. I mean, the Environmental Protection Agency and the Corps of Engineers has released memos over the years saying that this is not mitigatable to our water supply, the the kind of toxins they're going to be putting into our water supply out, uh, you know, that's out in the Santa Rita mines if somebody just moved here. But uh, the kind of pollution that's going to cause as well as the amount of water that a copper mine uses. So it's both the water quantity and the water quality. And of course, our concern about the species that roam the area. I mean, there have been jaguars in that area over the last few years where they're actually going to be building the mine. That's an endangered species too, by the way, and a very rare one in the U.S. in particular, but rare generally in the Sonoran Desert. And so, unfortunately, after all the hue and cry and the opposition from the community, including the city and the county and other jurisdictions, the new administration, let's say, has permitted this mine. And so really where that process is now is in court. You know, the tribes have sued. Many conservation groups have sued. There's been a multitude of suits. And in my opinion, you know, this is it's either going to be in court for years or it's going to be going through court not very long. And the Rosemont mine is going to have to, you know, they're going to have to pack their bags and go because of the, the record. All the things that have been said by the federal government over the last few years as to why 
this is not mitigatable. You just you can't come up with another piece of land and protect it or whatever you want to do, or you can't clean up the water. So, And now all of a sudden, it's permitted. So I think the conservation groups that are in court and the tribes have some pretty strong arguments to shut this down. So it's another one of those projects that, you know, kind of boggles your mind that it's even here. But because of our antiquated mining laws that go back to the 19th century, you know, they're allowed to do what they're doing on federal lands. I mean, it's not against the law, even if you're polluting a whole community of a million people's water supply. And then, of course, a desert community that doesn't have that much water. You know, right now we're hoping that people continue to speak out. Although it is in court, there's also the court of community opinion, you know, letters to the editor and things like that. You know, again, on our website, we have a lot of ideas of what people can do. But, you know, we're not, the coalition isn't in the lead on that. There is a group called Save the Scenic Santa Rita's and the Center for Biological Diversity, Sierra Club, but it's such a big issue. So now we've got a huge copper mine, open pit copper mine on the east side of city, southeast side of the city. And now we've got a big fat freeway that's being proposed on the west side. I mean, we've got bookends of some really, really detrimental projects to this area. So again, like I said, it's been such a wonderful last 20 years working on some really positive projects and making a lot of positive change in this community for the people, the wildlife. But once in a while, you have to pull out your fighting side and make sure that these projects don't, both of them, either one of them alone would just reverse a lot of the conservation, the legacy that I think Pima County truly has in being so forward thinking with conservation. So it's always something. It's, I guess, uh, job security, as they say. I would like to think we've worked ourselves out of a job, but I don't know that that will ever happen. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you. We'll have you back for some updates. Okay, great, Amanda, and thanks for caring about this. You've been listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Our guest today was Carolyn Campbell, Executive Director of the Coalition for Desert Protection. And you can find out more about uh, the coalition's work, the participating organizations, and what you can do at sonorandesert.org. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. You can find this and all recent episodes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.